Well, good morning. How are we doing today? Doing well. Woo, coming in a little hot, man. But how exciting is that to see Cody make that decision? Let's give it up one more time for Cody. Hey, well, uh, like uh, was mentioned earlier, my name is Blake. I have the privilege to share with you this morning. I am uh, Tiffany's brother, and uh, my wife, uh, she's with me as well. Her name's Brittany, and uh, we are on a journey, to say the least. But I also just want to say shout out uh, and and a special warm thank you uh, and welcome to, if anybody is new here, thanks for being here in this place. I would encourage you to come back next week. Pastor Tim will be back up here bringing another God-ordained message, and if you're joining us on online. Uh, We love our digital community as well. Well, what if I told you that you could have a superpower that would enhance your life? How many of you would sign up, say, hey, you give me that superpower, it would enhance my life. Come on, raise your hands. Now, now understand, I'm not talking about this picture of this kind of superpower where you would look like this, if we have that. I'm not talking about that kind of picture. I'm not talking one where you're like, hey, that's the cousin picture. We have two little guys. The little guys are mine, Briar and Bodie, and then we have Drake and Cannon. You see them around. I'm not talking about that kind of superpower or you would look like, but it would actually enhance your life. Well, it says this, if you remain in John 15, 7, excuse me, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask and whatever you wish, it will be done for you. Jesus is teaching us here that if we have a relationship with God through him, then we have a potential to unlock God's power in our life. Whatever you ask, God will provide. How many of you think that would be a pretty awesome power right there to possess if you have access to God's power? Uh, turn the person to your right and say, I'm praying for you. Come on, say it like you mean, I'm praying for you. Now, if someone just said it to you, Look at them and say, and you think I need prayer? (laughs) Psalms 145, 18 says this, The Lord is near to all who call on him, and to all who call on him in truth. Before we go any further, let's just pray and give God this time. God, we, we observe your majesty. We praise you. We pray that you move in our lives and that you be with each and every one of us in this place. In your great and holy name we say, amen. According to some polls, 90% of us pray. In fact, more people pray this week than they will exercise, drive a car, or even go to work. Three out of four people say they pray every day. Princeton, a Princeton student asked Albert Einstein one time, he says, what is there, what Is there left for the original dissertation research? Albert Einstein replied this. He said, find out about prayer. Somebody must find out more about prayer. There's a lot of praying going on, a lot of hope, a lot of curiosity, which is exciting. But while there there are those praying, and some of us find that to be an easy discipline, it can also be extremely challenging to many others. And I'm not talking about some of those prayers that we all say when times get tough. Like, I, I like to call them the, the Hail Mary Pass prayers. Yesterday was the start of college football, and you know what I'm talking about? If you're familiar with the Hail Mary, is when your team is down and your quarterback has to take the pigskin and throw it as far as they possibly can into the end zone, hoping that one of the men catch it and bring it back and bring in that touchdown. In fact, I was watching the Missouri game. If you know anything about your pastor, uh, he's a big Mizzou fan. Don't ask me why. They lost to Wyoming yesterday. Wyoming. 
I had to look up where Wyoming even was. But many of us, when times get tough, we have these moments where we, we send up these hope prayers, these Hail Mary pass prayers. And that's not what I'm not talking about. I'm talking about what gets tough with prayer is the discipline of prayer, not these hope prayers. When you're driving into the church parking lot, someone cuts you off and takes that spot, and you're like, help me, God. Or whenever you're getting ready to take off on an airplane, you're like, Lord, please don't let anything happen to this plane. Or maybe you're, you're on your way to work, and you're drinking that nice, warm Starbucks, and a little coffee sloshes out and gets on your shirt. Help me, God. Or maybe you're a student in here, and, and you did this, and I, and I wouldn't advise this at all, is before you go into that test, you're saying, help me, God, because I didn't study, hoping that you can catch that Hail Mary pass, or God will answer that prayer. Or maybe you're in here, and you're in business, and you have a big meeting, and you walk into that meeting, and you're like, help me, God. For many of us, those prayers come naturally because it's our last resort. It's something we throw up and saying, God, deliver me out of here. But today, I want to talk to you about the discipline of prayer or carving out, carving out that time, being intentional when it comes to prayer. See, prayer is much like going to the gym. It's a consistent thing you do to maintain health and grow stronger. It's one important way where God meets us and he transforms us. Today, I want to talk to you about this practical, in a practical manner, about this big idea that prayer unlocks God's power in our lives. Prayer unlocks God's power in our lives. Many times when we talk about prayer, a couple challenges arise for people who are trying to pray. The first challenge is this. We simply don't know how to pray. It, it can be very tough in our moments of where we're trying to be intentional in our prayer life. We just don't know how to pray. Well, Jesus teaches us very, we're very fortunate in Luke chapter 11, Dr. Luke's account. It's very precise and concise. If you want to join me there through either your Bible or maybe your phone or the text will be on the screen behind me. But I love Dr. Luke's account because he gets to the point and he gets right at it. And he says this, follow along with me, Luke 11, verse 1 through 4. This is also known as the Lord's Prayer. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, meaning that he was probably in a very familiar place to everybody around. As he finished praying, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. As John taught his disciples, referring to John the Baptist, the man who came before Jesus. Verse 2, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need. And forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. So if our challenge is we don't know how to pray, let's answer that question by saying, how do we pray? How do we pray? I believe it's interesting that Jesus teaches his closest friends or his closest friends ask him, Lord, teach us to pray. The disciples spent the majority of their time with Jesus. They, they observed just radical miracles of Jesus. To name a few, they, they see Jesus calm storms. They see people rise from the grave. Before we get here in Luke chapter 11, Jesus is doing all these things. He's feeding 5,000 people, if not more, according to our text. Yet they come into this moment where it's, hey, Lord, I want to ask you about this foundational spiritual pillar in my life, and that's prayer. So I think it's interesting, like I, I would expect that if someone's asking about prayer, it's going to be a Pharisee who Jesus 
battled publicly with, a, a Sadducee who Jesus encountered, or even a stranger because they're not familiar with what prayer is. But no, it's one of these disciples. See, when we get into church, let's say you made a, a great habit of coming to church the past three months, or maybe this year you really have said, hey, I'm going to step up my commitment on Sunday mornings. Well, sometimes when we get in that rhythm and people see us and we come in and out of the doors, people just expect us to know these foundational principles and we get intimidated to ask some of the most basic questions that we need for our spiritual journey. And I would encourage you, if you're in this place and maybe you're intimidated, don't be intimidated, be encouraged. Jesus' disciples who saw this great work from Jesus, they stepped out and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. See, prayer isn't this complex string of eloquent words. It's, it's a conversation. There are many ways we can pray. I love what the late, great Billy Graham, the evangelist, said. He says, prayer is simply a two-way conversation between you and God. I remember when I, I grew up in the church, very fortunate, came from a, a, a great background, and I remember coming to the altar back in my youth group days, and we'd have these prayer nights, or after the service, people would come and pray, and I would have friends, leaders, pastors, they'd come and put their hands on me, and they would pray, and they would rattle off the most eloquent words ever known. I'm like, what are you saying? I don't even understand those words, and you're praying them over me. They're quoting scripture, and I was intimidated. I'm like, I can't pray like that. The only thing that I have is Thank you, God, that I'm living today. But that's not what prayer is. Prayer is a conversation. And, and lucky for us, maybe if you are challenged with thought process or being provoked on, hey, what do I say when I'm all by myself? When you're all alone in your room, I would encourage you to space, pay special attention to these six steps that Jesus teaches us here in Luke 11. The first one is this. Whenever you're trying to develop your, your discipline of prayer, just simply start by giving God praise. He just opens up his prayers and he says, Father. He says, Father. See, the father in the first century was the head of the household. He was the leadership. He was the highest authority in every family unit. Father, I praise you for who you are. Thank you for being you. You are my shield and you are my deliverer. Today I begin my prayer and my day by praising you. Kick off your prayers that way. Number two is this, declare his holiness. May your name be kept holy. I declare your name holy. It's the name above every name. I bow my heart in submission and remove all things that take your place. Because where you're at, God, nothing else can be. Be holy. God, bring that holiness to us in our hearts. I love in the Old Testament, maybe you're a fan of gospel music, I am. Some of my favorite artists are Kirk Franklin, Hezekiah Walker. If you don't know who they are, you need to Spotify that, Apple Music that, and listen to them all the way out. Some of my favorite worship music is gospel worship music. And I love in gospel music, they, they put in words from the Old Testament like Jehovah Jireh. They're, they're saying, the Lord is my provider. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. And, and, and there's this expression of holiness. So when you're kicking off your prayers, express God's holiness in whatever works for you. Number three for us today is declare his will be done. May your kingdom come soon. This steps helps us develop this kingdom perspective. 
saying, God, bring someone in my life that needs your love, that needs your encounter through me. May I minister to somebody. Declare his will be done. Above all else, God, I want to follow your ways. If you let God pilot your life, he'll take you on some pretty crazy adventures and he'll do it a lot better than you ever could even imagine. So declare his will be done. Number four for us today is this. Request your needs be met. Give us each day the food we need. Now, a lot of us have so many different needs. Maybe it's a spiritual need. Maybe it's a mental need. Maybe it's an actual physical, tangible need. Request, God, show up. I need to get through this day, and I need your strength. Request your needs be met. Maybe you're in here, and you don't have a relationship with God. I want to encourage you. Explore that. In the, in the chair back in front of you, you'll have a connect card. Maybe start with saying, hey, you know what? I'm not maybe ready to take a step forward and really commit to this church thing. But maybe you need to pull out that card and say, but I'll let someone pray for me because I believe there's somebody working that's differently than the way I'm working. Maybe just start there. Or maybe you really want to take a step. I would love to talk to you and give you next steps at the end of this message on what it means to follow Jesus. Number five request your mistakes be forgiven. In verse four, we see, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Ask God to search your heart for any hidden sins, any hidden things that might be popping up, some thoughts. Ask God to currently or consistently renew your mind and clean out your heart. It's a constant, it's a daily thing. It's in our discipline. And then number six, when it comes to developing this discipline of prayer, we need to uh, request victory over temptation. You battle things I don't battle. You struggle with things I don't struggle with. I struggle with things that you don't struggle with. We all have different temptations, different hangups, different obstacles. But I do know this, whatever you need to have accomplished in your life, whatever challenge or whatever temptation, that if you say, God, you go fight that battle because if I try to fight on myself, I'm going to lose. When you put God first, he's going to kick open some doors. He's going to knock down some walls and he's going to do some things you could never even imagine. Especially if you put him first in your life and put him first in your prayer. Request victory over temptation. See, when we pray like Jesus, it unlocks God's power in our life. I can imagine Jesus in this first part of Luke 11, verse 1 through 4, when the disciples will then teach us how to pray. I can imagine him saying, okay, this is how you pray. And the disciples getting ready to hit him with another question, but they never get the opportunity to ask this question because Jesus goes into a story that we'll look at here in just a moment. But that question that disciples would ask would say, like any of us, if you go from logic, you would say, all right, so Jesus, what you're telling me is if I pray like this, then our prayer is going to be answered. But they never get the opportunity to ask that question because Jesus addresses that. The next, which leads us to our second challenge, is this, that there are times when it seems that our prayers go unanswered. If you've been following Jesus for any amount of time, there are times when it feels like your prayers aren't answered. You're talking to a wall. You're watching paint dry. You're saying, what is going on? And if you're in that state right now, I want to encourage you to hone in right here in Luke verse 5 through 13 of our text. And I'll read it right now. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. 
You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing to, to give him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, which wouldn't be a call out now, but it'd be a text like, hey, don't bother me right now, right, okay? He said, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and the family and I are all in bed. I can't help you, but I tell you this. Though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, for everyone who seeks finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Then verse 11 says, You fathers, if you ask your children, for, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So, question two is this What do we do when our prayers go unanswered? Number one is this be shamelessly persistent. Verse five through eight. At the end of it, it says, be shamelessly persistent. Honestly, I believe a lot of prayers go unanswered because of uh, this main reason is we go with a lackadaisical approach. We go with this, hey, you know what? I'm going to wake up. We're talking about prayer at church. I'm going to wake up five minutes before normal, and I'm just going to pray. And so we show up in our prayer time in our spa, and we say, yes, God, uh, answer my financial problems. God, please be with us. And we're struggling to come up with thought processes. If you've ever prayed in the morning, you know what I'm talking about. And you're like, God, yeah, I have this issue. Okay? And then we pray these lackadaisical prayers, and then nothing comes about, and we try some more, and we're like, fine, we just give up. But see, in Jesus' text right here is what he's teaching his disciples is it's not a lackadaisical prayer that you need to be practicing in your, in your discipline. It's a, God, I need you to deliver me from this financial miracle right now. I am down $20,596, and I don't know what to do. You make a way because I am lost. It's this, you're banging on the door. You're knocking. God, show up in my life. Show up. Oswald Chambers, he says this. He says, get in the habit of saying, speak, Lord, and life will become a romance. Get in a habit of saying, speak, Lord. When we go before God, we need to bang on that door and say, speak, Lord, speak. My wife and I, uh, Scott mentioned it earlier from the pulpit, we're on this radical journey where we're legitimately hanging on to the reins of what God is putting before us. We're, we're saying, all right, God, we'll do whatever you call us to do. We're on our way to go plant a church in Southwest Florida. If you would have asked me this week to move to Florida with Hurricane Dorian right there, I would have said, absolutely not. But God's working your way. Maybe you're asking, well, why are you up here in San Jose? Because we got kicked out of our place for an awesome miracle, and I'll explain that later. So when, whenever... We were in this process, my wife and I, Brittany, whenever we were in this process of trying to figure out, hey, God, what do you want us to do? We were coming to the stage about four months ago. My wife goes, Blake, I feel like we should go plant a church. I scratched my head. And if you, know, if you knew me, I would say, well, I wanted to plant a church right out of college. 
In fact, some of our major marital conflicts is I said words like, Brittany, you're a dream killer because she never wanted to go and plant a church. And husbands, please take my advice. Never call your wife a dream killer. Don't do it. So when she comes to me four months ago and says, I think we should go plant a church, I legitimately laugh at her. I said, wow, you're funny. Like, whoa, good job. Give yourself a high five. And then I go on to mock her. Like I'm legitimately mocking her. And she's like, well, let's just pray about it. Like a good heavenly Proverbs 31 woman would say. I said, all right, I'll pray with you about church. Like I've been dealing the past three years. I'm going to let that dream die. Honestly, that's where I was at. So we start praying about it. And uh, we, we've carved out time. We, we said, hey, you know what? We're going to fast dinners and we'll put the boys down and we'll just pray, spend 30, 45 minutes. All in the back of my mind saying like, yeah, right. We're never going to go plant a church. This lady, like we're going to Southwest Florida is like what you're feeling called to do. We're in LA at the time. Two weeks ago, we resigned our spot to go now go plant a church. So I'm like, we're in LA. Why would we go to Southwest Florida? Like I just got used to California, if that's even possible. And so when, when we're there, we're starting praying. And, and so we're just going, I'm going through the motions. This one particular night, she takes the boys and she had obligations. So she stepped out and I felt just prompted and conflicted. I was coming to a position where it was just this holy discontentment. Didn't know what exactly to do. Didn't know how to step out. Knew probably church planning wasn't my thing. Wasn't ready for it. So I was like, you know what, God, I, I do still love you. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that you will unlock some amazing things in our life if we pray. So I was like, well, I'll just call out to God this night. No one's here. My neighbors probably are hearing me in the next room because we live in a town, town home. And I'm just on my knees. I'm yelling, my God, speak in my life. Speak. If you want us to go do something, then you show up because I'm done trying to figure you out. You're so much bigger than who we are. I can't even think like you. So I say, speak, Lord. And I'm almost challenging God like, in a way that was almost very friction-oriented. And so I end the prayer. She gets back from wherever she was, and she's like, what'd you do tonight? I was like, well, I prayed. And she starts laughing at me. She's like, no, seriously, what'd you do? You didn't have kids, and you prayed? I said, yeah, I prayed and went, went to bed that night, still conflicted, still not knowing what to do. Wake up the next day. I get this spontaneous meeting call, and gentlemen contacts me and talked about a whole different subject. Nothing to do. We had this kind of uh, uh, thing that we needed to touch base on. And uh, he goes, okay, Blake, that's, what you, that's what's going on. Cool. Now, let me ask you this. Like, what's your end game? What do you really want to do? I said, well, man, this is kind of weird, but my wife, I put it on her because if people laugh and it's her fault versus over me, you know, it's like, well, my wife, my wife is thinking we should maybe go plan a church. And he goes, Blake, I want to cut you a check to get you to go do that right now. Instantly, just like that. And I wish I could say that it was just coincidence. But my wife has been praying. We took time to pray. We took time to call out to God. We were shamelessly persistent in that. And it's all God. It's not us. And now we've been on this journey where we're holding the reins saying, God, you go in front of us. It's been an amazing, an amazing ride. Be shamelessly persistent. Start with carving out five minutes of your day. This is what I would suggest to you to do. 
a practical step. Maybe you're in this place and you're like, well, what exactly do I do when my prayers aren't getting answered? Make a Word document on your computer. Upload that to your home screen. So then when you wake up, you open your computer, your laptop, you see your five prayers, your three prayers, your two prayers, and you can constantly say, I need to pray for that. Shamelessly be persistent on those things you need to pray about in your life and see what God does. For myself, for us, what I'll do, I'll put like a little emoji. So I think of church planning on my back, on my home screen, I'll put church planning. So I'll put a church and then I'll put a pot with a flower. So then every day when I'm walking through the parking lot or when I'm going to a friend's house and I see a pot and I see a flower, I'm like, oh, church planning. God, be with us in this decision. It took us four months to even get a result. For some of us, it even takes longer than that. I wanted to go church plant when I left college. That didn't work for me. So it's been a 10-year process. But God does some big things. Be shamelessly persistent as Jesus encourages us to. Number two is this. Explore every opportunity. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds and everyone who knocks on the door will be opened when prayers go unanswered it's oftentimes because we're thinking about putting our prayers in this nice clean cookie cutter box and we say god i need you to answer this prayer and put it in this box this is how i need you to answer my prayer god like answer it this way and i'll be okay meaning okay god i need a financial miracle this is how i want you to I want you to wire it to my Chase bank account and then you just put this money and you let me know via email that I had a deposit of how much trouble I'm in. When God's saying, in my prayers, you're wanting me, you're, you're, you're wanting me to deliver a prayer inside a box. God's saying, I want to deliver a prayer inside this space. I want to work. I want to do something crazier and more out there than you can even ever imagine. I want you to do something amazing. Explore every opportunity. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as heaven, heavens are higher than earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and your thoughts, than your thoughts. Many times we have opportunities before us, but they don't fit in the box of what we expect to happen. I love what the comedian Emo Phillips once said. He says this, When I was a kid, I used to pray every night for a new bicycle. Then I realized the Lord doesn't work that way, so I woke up one morning and stole one and then asked for forgiveness. I think that's a lot of how we go to God in prayer. We trust our own way of thinking over exploring every opportunity God puts on the table. What current opportunities do you need to take advantage of that you've been praying about that you need to say, hey, okay, God, I'm going to relinquish that and I'm going to follow your way of thinking. I'm going to explore those opportunities. Maybe it's a job offer, but you're like, I don't want that job because it doesn't really check this box over here. Well, maybe you have no other jobs before you. Maybe you need to accept that job and see what God does. Or maybe it's this. Wives, we all can maybe say this prayer together because I know my wife's prayed it over me. I wish my husband would help out with the boys a little bit more. Wives on the other, or the husbands on the other, and it's like, I wish my wife would have a better attitude. 
And we pray these prayers back and forth. And God's saying, hey, you know what? Rather than praying for one another, whenever those kids are gone, whenever kids are spending the night at a friend's house, maybe I'm giving you an opportunity. Go on a date and love each other. Enjoy those moments. But sometimes we get caught up praying in our own way of thinking that we're missing what opportunity God's putting before us. Explore every opportunity. Maybe you're on the spiritual journey and you've made it a great habit of coming to church. This past, this past year, you've been doing some amazing kind of uh, life-changing habits, right? So you're making a commitment to come to church every Sunday morning, which is great. That's amazing. But maybe you're coming to that moment where it's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of stalling out. I would encourage you, you have potluck and prayer coming up this Tuesday. Be a part. Go break bread with people. Go love people and go pray. Take a step. Every opportunity that you have to enhance your life, do it. God will show up big. Number three for us today is this. When it comes to unanswered prayers, expect much more from God. And yeah, I get it. That doesn't make sense. Expect much more from God. God's not even answering my prayer that I'm putting before him. I'm saying if your prayers are going unanswered, keep expecting much more from God. Matthew 7, 9 through 11 says this. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a steak? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask? See, Jesus is saying that God isn't some cosmic joker that is here making fun of us or laughing. He's not some big king in the sky that's sitting in his throne. If we yell at him, if we say that he's not going to listen, that he's not going to dismiss it, God isn't some fluffy deity in the, in the clouds that's going to answer a prayer. But God, Jesus is saying that God is like a heavenly father or is like a father to his children. Picture a loving parent who is responsive to their children's needs, not out of obligations, but out of love. Picture a father who gives good gifts to those who ask. We see these accounts that are very parallel, Luke and, and Luke 11 and then Matthew 7. And there's this phrase, good things, which gets subbed out for Holy Spirit. Many times commentators say that it can be, you'll see God writes something, they'll say good things, and the other times they'll say Holy Spirit. Basically, what we can come to the conclusion of is that God wants to provide good spiritual things for his children. Expect God to heal your marriage. Expect so much more. Maybe you're saying, I just want my marriage to be healed where we get along. God's not saying, I just want you guys to get along. God's saying, I want you to thrive. Expect so much more. Expect God will not only bring back a wayward child, but he'll call that wayward child into ministry. Expect God to not only get you out of your financial hole, but he's going to provide enough for you to then bless others. Expect much more from God. Expect much more from God. So many times we put God in this box, we put this lid on him and we say, hey, get down there. And God, you answer this way or I'm missing it or we're missing it. See, unanswered prayers even unlock God's power in our life. Unanswered prayers even unlock God's power in our life because when our prayers go unanswered, we have to keep leaning in to who God is and Jesus' way of thinking. God, I got these prayers, they're unanswered. 
please, please, let me be shamelessly persistent in loving you. Honestly, when it came to this message and Pastor Tim and I talked and I know I was coming up here, he said, hey, we're, we're talking about prayer this week and w- would you be open for it? And so we had a lot of time to reflect, my wife and I, on just, we, we drove up the PCH and um, the Pacific Coast Highway and as we were talking about it, we were just looking at all the accounts of where God's given us so much more than we could have ever expected. Um, a little bit of that, not only did I share my story of a silent donor who's given us initial seed money when we were crying out to God saying, what next? Not only was that a crazy, audacious miracle that we've never anticipated, but we had seven months left in our lease. Uh, I was like, God, I, how are we going to get out of our lease? You know, like, that's easy money for someone. Call the management company and we say, hey, this is what's going on in our lives. Can we get out of our lease? Within three days, they already had a couple that wanted that exact unit. Not only that, we get our security deposit back. God's showing up big in our life. I meet with our management company as we did our final walkthrough. And I said, hey, this is what's happened in our lives. And he goes, man, God must be going before you because your owners, the people who owned your spot, they weren't going to let you out of that. They were going to make you pay until something else figured out, and they weren't even going to look. That was God. We're, we're going to Southwest Florida, North Fort Myers, Tampa region area, and we didn't know where we were going to live. We have no medical insurance. We have none of that, dental. Like, we're going to a job that provides absolutely nothing. And uh, come to find out, we have a free place to live. That's God. This past week, I, I've been praying with my wife, God, like, hey, we, want, we believe in community. We believe in partnering with churches. Whenever we are divided and a church does their thing, a church does this thing, and it becomes very messy, and everybody's trying to do the same thing. And we wanted to come into a place where we had community, where people could pray with us, where we had a local body of believers like you. I've been praying with my wife, like, God, make a way. If we're supposed to go, then you make a way for us to have it. Community, You make a way for us to partner with the church to take these steps. We get a call earlier this week. Not only does the church want to partner with us, but they maybe want to bring us on full time to help them in some of their ministry ways. And to even provide for us to have a job to support my two little boys. And provide medical and dental and all the works. Mind blown. And then not only that, my wife and I are fortunate, and fortunate enough right now. People are kind of joking. They're like, I thought Florida's the opposite way. We're like, it is. But we've gone through some. I, I share a little bit. I've been here before. I've shared a little bit. We've gone through some turbulent times the past three or four years that really entrenched us in our, in our faith journey. We've never really taken time for a family or do anything. And, and we had someone come alongside us and say, hey, I want you to just go and take a vacation and travel and spend time with your little boys because church planting is very isolated. It's very lonely. It's an 80% failure rate. And so now we're taking these great trips. We get the opportunity to come up here to San Jose. We're going to go over to Yellowstone. We're going to go to Rapid City to see uh, uh, the presidents, whatever, Mount Rushmore. We're going to Milwaukee. We're going to Cincinnati. We're going to Atlanta. Then we're going to Florida where the work will really begin. 
But God's given us so much more than what we could have ever imagined. But it started with the foundation of prayer. It took me 30 years. Honestly, it took me 30 years to grasp it. And maybe you're in this place and you're like, I've prayed, I've done these things. I wanna encourage you, keep being shamelessly persistent. God's gonna show up. God's gonna show up. So right now we're gonna pray. And I wanna encourage you, maybe you're new in this place and you're trying to figure out this whole God thing and your spiritual steps. In the chair back, there's a connect card. Fill it out and just turn it in. You have an amazing team here at Central. They're, they want to pray for you. Maybe that's where you just need to start. I just will we'll seek prayer. I would encourage you. Just seek prayer. Or maybe you've been coming for some time and God's working in your life. I would encourage you. Expect much more from God. Keep praying. Keep being persistent. Don't give up. Hold on to the foundation because when you pray, it unlocks God's power, not only in your church, in your life, in your community, in the world, and people all across this universe. Keep praying. It unlocks God's power. Let's pray as we conclude this morning. If you'll bow your heads with me. Lord, we give you this time. We give you this praise. We know you are holy. And for that, we're, we're just very thankful for that opportunity to be considered your children. Be with us. Help us to continue our focus on you, God. Help us to practically develop this discipline of prayer. And be with us and be with those who are making a decision to follow you and turn that corner and give their life to you no matter where they're on their spiritual journey. God, we pray that they meet you. In your holy name, we all say, amen.